Welcome to the Exponential Organization podcast. I'm your host, Lance Petler. Now, the world is changing at an exceptional rate. Companies need to not only continue to innovate, but also grow exponentially to keep up. So this podcast is aimed and is introduced to teach you the principles of exponential growth and how you can adopt them into your business. This show is sponsored by my company, IdeaStorm. We're a leading exponential growth consultancy. We can provide services ranging from an hour advisory call with a network of over 3,000 consultants worldwide through to the 10-week EXO Sprint. So visit www.ideastorm.co.za to find out more. Very, very lucky today to have our guest, and, and he is Augusto Fazioli. Fazioli. Is that how you pronounce your name, Augusto? That's pretty much right. Cool. Augusto Fazioli. And Augusta has extensive experience in information technology and business innovation consulting, advising C-level executives. He's had the opportunity to work for multinational corporations as a manager, as well as to found companies as an entrepreneur. He's also a business angel, always seeking disruptive business models. He loves innovation and how to improve business performances. We could be speaking to Augusta about a great number of things, but today's interview, I'd like to ask him, about his work as head coach and generally uh, in the EXO world uh, and, you know, in the exponential world. So, Augusto, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And Augusto, where do I speak to you from today? Where are you based? I'm based in Italy and in Milan, Milan, Italy. So, yep. Augusto, can you tell me a bit about your background and how you became aware and, and got involved in, in the EXO world? Yeah, uh, I've been I've been for for what for more than thirty years. Um, I've been consulting big big companies at the crossing between technology and business innovation. So that's that's what I've been doing for my entire uh, professional life. Uh, what happened is that um, in 2012, I had the opportunity to attend uh, Singularity University, and that's when I met. Uh, Salim, Salim Ismail, and we got along very well, and so we stayed in touch. And when, after a couple of years, he published his first book, Exponential Organization, um, I got involved in communicating, you know, the, the power of these ideas. And so, when we had the first uh, kickoff in Canada, I think it was like 2014 or something like that with this vision of applying those concepts to organizations of any kind, you know, being public organizations, enterprises, cities, whatever. Um, I was really drawn into it and I said, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in it. So we started as a very, very small number of people, but super excited about this vision. And, you know, like they say, the rest is history, right? Mm -hmm. So that's where we are today. And did you join ExoWorks uh, as a as a member? What, what when did you do that? Uh, well, you know, at the very beginning, things weren't as structured as today. Um, so I, I I joined ExoWorks as as a coach, as a member. There, there wasn't really any any uh, any specific role at the very beginning, which makes sense. You know, the, the first meeting was really about okay, we we are a bunch of people very excited about these these concepts. What can we do? And so that's how it all started. Really, like a startup, I would say. Um, so um, yeah, I joined as a member, and and then things moved very very quickly. You know, you know. The, the, 
I, I said yes, and then after a couple of weeks, I think I was already involved in some some projects, and and has been quite an exciting journey so far. So. Hmm. And how many exosprints have you been involved in now? Oh, well, well quite a few. Um, definitely more than 10. Um, as, and I'm saying as a, as a, both a coach and a head coach. But I, I, also, um, I was also a member of additional sprints as like an advisor, as a disruptor. So roughly, I would say probably between 15 and 20. Pretty much. So quite a few of those. And, and, sure. and it's interesting because every time I'm, I'm part of a sprint, I always learn something new, mm. and which, which I think is very, it's very exciting. Yeah. And as a head coach, how many have you been directly responsible for? Um, as a coach or as a head coach? As a head coach, yeah. Uh, as a head coach, uh, two of them. Two, two now. That's yeah. that's great. As a head coach, and the others as as a coach. Yeah. And, and what has your role been in the sprint? Is it is it different uh, as a head coach to being a coach? And and when do you get involved? Do you do you are you part of selling the the sprints, or or do you get called in to actually run the sprint? Now, in my particular case, so I don't want to talk about the head coach. But just my, my particular case, I was never part of the sales process. Mm. I was always uh, called upon once the sprint had been sold. Mm -hmm. And um, as a head coach, you are involved um, clearly earlier. Uh, you know, imagine a couple of months prior to the sprint beginning. Mm. And whereas as a coach, usually you get involved. Uh, closer to the beginning i mean i'm saying involved actively involved of course as a coach you are informed uh well in advance um but you you you, you are actively involved you know right at the beginning of the sprint whereas as a head coach you do have some some very important preparation work to do before hmm. the sprint starts and is that after the awake sessions or is that during the awake sessions Maybe could you tell us the the process uh, of how it works? It, the, does someone sell it and then call call you in? At, at what point do you get involved? Is you know is that after maybe Salim or someone else has done awake sessions with the customer already? Well, um, do, do well. I, I don't think there is one standard process. You uh -huh. know? I mean, once the sprint has started, yes. But how do we get the clients involved? How the, the sales process goes? There isn't really uh, one standard process. Most of the times, um, there, there, there is um, an awake session. You know, it could be run by Salim, it could be run by Emily, uh, or other other members of the community, um, where we really try to get the client involved and let them understand what the challenges are you know uh, even before talking about uh, even before we talk about about uh, the solution which is the sprint you know or one of the possible possible solutions which is the sprint um, so yeah usually usually there is always some sort of an awake moment and and in some cases are our, our uh, c-level people participating participating to the um 
to uh, Singularity University Executive uh, Week. You know, it could be different, different, different formats, mm. but there is always an awakening uh, moment. Okay. Um, now the, the 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 actual preparation of the sprint begins, like I said, a couple of months before, and 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 I think there are two very critical uh, among among the many two very critical aspects to to the sides okay and and one being clients expectations and um, and the other one is 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 participants and and I, uh, regarding participants i would like to to speak a little bit in details of may, may, maybe later but but generally speaking i would say the two most important aspects that you wanted to to address are, are really those two expectations and 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 um, not only expectations about the outcome but also about the process make sure that the client understands this is not a standard consulting project okay it's it's, it's a totally different approach and there is value in that as well i mean what we bring to clients is not only value about the content that is the ideas that they generate, but also about the experience the participants go through. Okay. Mm. Um, I've been a couple of uh, times when participants told me, Augusto, I'm not sure I'd be able to go back and work the, you know, the way I was used to. Mm. And, 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 and I think there is a, a dramatic amount of, uh, uh, terrific amount of value in there. So that's, that's about the expectations. And, 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 and then also uh, participants. You know, um, participants is everything. And, and I mean both uh, client side and, 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 and coaches side. Okay? Really the process is, is about people. And even now that, that the second book has been published, you know, Exponential Transformation, where theoretically anyone, you know, any client could just buy the book and run the sprint themselves, which of course they can do, and some of them will. Okay, but but I think we as EXO community members, as coaches, uh, can really make the difference. And your role as head coach, what does that consist of? Do you, do you help um, arrange the teams? Do you help um, select the participants? Do you help uh, you know um, arrange how many edge or core teams there will be, or is that done before you are involved? Yeah, um, all, all of that <laughs> and more. <laughs> um, so it, it is. You know, the, the ultimate goal of the of the head coach is really to to make sure that the sprint is successful. Mm. Now, like I said before, what is a successful sprint? Well, I think it is a sprint has to achieve two two main goals. One is generate new business ideas. But the other, also important, is to begin a transformation journey for the participants. And so, um, it is it is it is extremely important that you, as a head coach, do whatever it takes to achieve those two goals. And like I said at the beginning, if you don't have the right people, uh, there is no process there. Really, I mean. Um, okay, I'm sorry, because when I said there is no process, probably, I didn't mean to say that there isn't a process. I'm saying 
there is no process that is alone enough to achieve those two goals. Okay. And so as a head coach, what you do is really uh, talk to the client and make the client understand what the process is about. Uh, make the client understand that this is not a linear process um, and that, that there will be different workloads on the, on the teams and there will be ups and downs because our goal is really to uh, push the limit, you know, and, and you, you have to, be sh to make sure that the client is on board because something that happens every time in every single sprint is that sooner or later, the immune system will kick back. And the immune system specifically is middle management because, you know, the this, this, this sprint is not an easy journey, okay? It, it requires a lot of effort on the participants. And, and, and in each and every one of those sprints that I was part of, uh, middle management starts complaining that, you know, their people are not dedicating enough time to business as usual and that kind of stuff. So you, you want to make sure that, that there is true alignment with the client. You know, in every project, you always talk about a steering committee and the importance of alignment. And, and, and so, it, of course, it is important. But with the sprint, I think it is absolutely paramount. You, 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 you must have the client on board, but for real, you know, Lance. You, you, and, and, and again, in every, in every, in every project, we all know as experienced project managers that you need commitment, that you need sponsors. Well, in this specific case, it's even more because you are embarking people on something they've not done before. So we're not talking about yet another implementation of a new software platform. We're really talking about uncharted waters. Um, so uh, that's, that's absolutely number one, you know, uh, at, at the high level. Now in very practical terms, what we do, first of all, we decide the number of participants they're going to be part of, and the four, the number of teams. You know, the, the, ideal, um, the ideal team is composed between, uh, of, composed of four to six people, okay? Um, you don't want to have bigger teams because otherwise they're not going to be effective, and smaller teams, they're not going to have enough diversity in terms of inputs and ideas. Um, also, uh, what is the standard, the standard sprint? Usually it's two teams working on core ideas and two teams working on edge ideas. I've experienced different setups. Okay? So for example, the last sprint I was a head coach of, we had five teams and three teams were edge teams and two teams were core teams. So you do that together with a client and um, you also want to select, you also want to select uh, the right kind of people. So you work very hard with HR and you know, it's interesting because you want to have a well-balanced teams, which doesn't mean we always want to have the top performers. Mm. You know? So as a head coach, you want to make sure that you have people coming from different departments. You don't want to have the team of the marketing people, for example. Okay? Or you don't have the team of the senior people. What you really want to have is well-balanced teams in terms of, I would say, three dimensions. Uh, background, you know, department, uh, seniority, and personal attitude. And it's fascinating because I've seen people that you wouldn't think are 
you know, innovators, people maybe from the accounting department, but when they are part of the process since the very beginning, oh boy, sometimes they really surprise you. You realize that, that, that organizations do have some hidden gems and, and, and we help them find those. And who is your contact as, as head coach at the customer? Is that the champion or do you try and deal as, with the, as the head coach with a very senior person at the customer? Absolutely, yes. You know, when I was talking about sponsorship, is it absolutely paramount to have real high-level sponsorship, meaning with that hands-on? So um, the, your, your content usually is, is, is a business person who's responsible for the profit and loss, you know, and that could be a business unit manager, it could be a division manager, it, it depends on the organization. Um, but, but this is not something you can do with middle management, definitely. And now, is that a regular um, event that you speak to that person or, uh, and do you deal directly with that person on say a weekly basis or how does it work? That, that's the ideal situation, yeah, absolutely. That's so as a head coach, that's what I always, you know, also when we're talking about expectations, you know, um, you wanna make sure that the client understands the workload on their side as well, okay. Um, and, and one of that being, for example, uh, weekly meetings. Now, as a head coach, what you want to do really is to agree upon with the client also the, um, the, 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 the spring governance. Okay. And, and so I'm not saying you must have weekly meetings with the sponsor in, in each and every case. I'm saying it, it, it is up to the head coach to understand the business challenges the client is facing and come up with a sensible uh, proposal. Most of the times what I like to do is to have a, a weekly meeting. Then in some cases, it could be just a super quick touch base saying, how's it going? Everything is all right? Yeah, yeah, okay, good, good. And you just hang up, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be a long one, but it's important to, to, really, to really be in touch with the client, especially because for, you know, because of the nature of the sprint itself, once the sprint has started, yeah, you can do some adjustments. But what I usually tell clients is that it is very important we do everything before you know, the airplane has taken off. Because once we are airborne, it's a little too difficult to say, oh, we forgot to fuel the airplane. You know, that yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, um, you, you want to make sure that, you, that everything is, is really ready for takeoff. Right, right. So that's it's important to have weekly meetings or calls, you know. And for example, now talking about the transformation journey, what I tell clients is that forget about emails and attachments. We will only work with uh, uh, document online. Okay, mm -hmm. so we will all update the same documents. And so, for example, as a head coach, uh, there is a, a setup document, which is composed of many different other documents. Well, you, you're tracking everything, you know, from, from you know, who, 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 who's participating in the sprint to the goals, the schedule, to, to, uh, to, to the advisory calls and everything. So as a head coach, you want to do a lot of heads-on planning because again, it is a sprint. And once the sprint has started, I'm not saying it is forbidden to change anything, it's not in the nature of the sprint. Otherwise, we'll call it a marathon, right? Mm. 
Mm. Uh, so, you know, uh, so planning. You know, the, the beginning I said the two most important things are expectations of people, and so it's a big yes. Uh, let me also add this third one, is careful planning. Mm. But planning not in the, in the strict sense of a, of a Gantt chart. I'm saying making sure that everything is on board, ready to, to, to kick off. Can I ask you about the participants? So are you as head coach allowed to select the participants for each team or does the customer do that? Or I presume it's a combination of both, but do you have the authority or you know, the mandate to override the customer in a way to select the participants for the various teams? No, I wouldn't say that because you don't know the people. Mm. Uh, so our job is really to make the client understand how the quote-unquote perfect team is composed okay in terms of balance of different qualities but then the client knows them so usually what we do as a head coach you 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 you, you, you ask client questions like is is this team representative of the different departments in your company okay um do you see any troublemaker um do you see someone you know who doesn't let the other people talk uh, uh, so you ask these kind of questions then then you don't really override the client the client um, choice because you don't know the people yeah what yeah. we must do however what we must do however once the sprint is running is raise um, challenges if they are there so you know because the coach works with the teams and he or she might notice that one member is not, you know, is dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. Then in that specific case, yes, it is our duty to report that to the client, you know. Mm -hmm. As well, on the other side, at the end of the sprint, we always highlight the people that we think have the highest potential of spreading the EXO concepts within the organization. Uh, but 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 we can do that during the sprint, not before. Okay, that's no, super. Now, s setting up a, a sprint. Uh, so when it's remote, like the last one you did, which was in a different country, do you, you to get the expectations? Like you said, is really important for the customer. Do you do that in person, or is it via Zoom or you know video conferencing? Um, and then secondly, the edge teams and the core teams. Do you have in mind what initiatives those teams are going to come up with do they have a do they have a mandate to investigate a certain type of solution or is it a blank canvas that they can look for whatever they want now um first question we we we, we try to work as much as possible with uh, video conference now it's not only due to the distance and logistics is really also due to different kind of working. It is easier to set up a video than a physical meeting, especially if it's more than two people, right? Because maybe other people have to travel, it makes things difficult. So what we tell clients is that even if the head coach is in the same city, we, we think it, it is helpful to really try to, to change people's mind. So I'm not saying that we neglect going to the client absolutely not and in fact we do go on site okay i'm saying that um, it is part of this transformational journey to also push the client 
change their habits, which is, you know, physical meetings, emails and attachments, uh, leaders. Whereas we try to push this idea of a very agile organization. You can have quick video calls. Like I said at the beginning, it could be also a quick touch base. Um, we tell them there is no meeting, uh, there is no team leader, okay? Um, we always work real time, that kind of stuff. So, to make a long story short, uh, the head coach is not required to visit the client prior to the beginning of the sprint, okay? There might be cases when that is appropriate though. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it a rule. I would really judge it on a case by case. You know, and it kind of goes back to what's the head coach role. Hmm. That is to guarantee the sprint success, right? Yeah. So I wouldn't go as far as to say that whatever it takes, but pretty much yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you do have the constraint of the budget. So... Um, of course. But, but again, what I'm saying is, even if you were in the same city, I wouldn't advise having always physical meetings, you know? And the second question regarding the, the, uh, the idea generated. Now, ideally, ideally you want to have a, a blank canvas. However, however, I also think um, it makes a lot of sense for the client to communicate some high-level guidelines and i'll make a practical example um but what we definitely tell the clients is that this is not a process to justify an idea that you already have mm. we don't do that yeah okay um you can call other consulting companies if you need to do that so that's absolutely it's a big no okay if the client says you know i already have this idea i want to make it better i i don't think that that because the, the sprint is, is expensive, not, not, not so much in terms of the money, in terms of the effort. You know, we all put a lot of effort in it. Yeah. So it's not a, like a process to just approve uh, something that someone has already decided to do. Um, however, uh, you know, I, I was a head coach for this sprint with one of the biggest insurance companies. And, and um, so the uh, uh, worldwide and and um, so the, the the strategic direction was we want to see ideas in the insurance arena okay right. but outside of the modern insurance that was it anything else just come up with any idea so okay. it is you know a high level guideline and that makes all the sense really strange question maybe from a practical perspective each team, do you sort of insist that they have workspace? Do you ask the customer to allocate a physical room that is then booked for 10 weeks for yeah. that particular team to use? Now, that's, that's uh, ideally, yes. However, it doesn't happen very often because even the client itself has its own people maybe spread around different countries or different uh, locations. Um, so it is absolutely a yes in week zero, week five, and week 10. Now, that is that they work together, but also work together with us, okay? So as coaching team, we are, and that's like compulsory, at the client site during week zero, week 
five and week uh, 10, okay? Now you may wonder week zero, I thought this was a 10 week sprint. You know, if, if, you, <laughs> yeah. if you count from zero, then it makes it 11, right? Yeah. Um, um, week zero is, you know, what the, is the awake session for the participants. So at the beginning of our uh, talk, you know, we, we spoke about the sales process and the fact that the client goes through an awake session. Um, so it's a yes, but it's also a yes for participants. So prior to the beginning, um, you know, maybe a couple of days before the actual beginning of the sprint, we also run an awake session for the participants, which is more practical because we also share with them practical things like, oh, hey, there is a physical room that you can work together. Or we created this, um, we opened this, this uh, collaboration platform. So it, it goes from high-level exponential technologies megatrends all the way down to very practical things like these are your coaches, these are your emails, this is, you know, you know whatever it takes for, for, for this sprint to, to take off. Mm -hmm. um, so to go back to your question, um, uh, we suggest the client set up collaboration rooms. Uh, it doesn't always happen. Uh, the reason I'm asking is because it, it's 50% of the time that it, the four to six participants need to allocate to a sprint. Is that right? Um, it is between 30 and 50. 30 and 50. So, so let's say, you know, 20 hours of the week, it would make sense for them all to be in the same room physically rather than in a Zoom session or in some kind of virtual environment. But does it, does it sometimes happen that the participants act in a virtual way for long periods of time or do they work independently and only come together you know once a day or once every second day how, how does it actually practically work yeah yeah now uh, too bad this is a podcast and not a video interview because i'm smiling <laughs> and my yes. smiling. you know why i'm smiling because sometimes we scare the clients and and, and and i explain what i mean now do I, we, we suggest there be a physical room. What we then tell the teams is, there is no rule. Do you want to work in the physical room? You can do it. Do you want to work independently? You can do it. Do you want to split in sub-teams? You can do it. So what we try to do is really to tell teams, hey, you are the master of your own fate. So do whatever you want. I mean, do you complain that the company, you know, the enterprise doesn't empower you? Okay, now we are empowering you. Mm. And the reason why it's money is because at the beginning, people are scared. You know, let me make an example. If you go to a zoo and you see a lion in a cage, I'm not an expert, but I would bet if you open the cage, the lion at the beginning is probably scared because the cage not only protects as the visitor, it also protects the lion, okay? And, and so what I'm saying is, when we tell these kind of things, because you know, the teams at the beginning, they always ask us, oh, how, you know, who's the team leader? How are we gonna organize our work? And he says, hey, that's your decision. What do you mean? That's exactly what I mean. There is no boss, there is no leader. You guys can do whatever you think is most appropriate. You know? And my job is to support you, but it's not to make any decision on your behalf. And it really goes to high level, 
business ideation all the way down to very practical teams. When are you guys going to meet? Are you going to meet every day? Are you going to meet every other day? Whatever, you know, we tell them, you know, you're empowered now. And at the beginning, that's why I was smiling. You see people that really, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, you can do it. And, and, and But after a while, you know, at the beginning, they feel lost. But then at the end of the sprint, they love it. And some of them say, hey, I'm not sure I can go back to working the way I was used to. Mm. Because this is so much better, you know. So, sure. so again, to make to make a long story short, our our job together with the client is to set up the framework for those people, those teams, to perform at their best, mm. and then it's up to them. Slightly running out of time, and there's so much I could talk to you about. But I'd like to ask, what um, working on sprints? What successes have you had during you know the number of sprints that you've been on? Has there been notable outcomes for customers using sprints? Um, yes. Uh, the only problem here is that it, those ideas are always under strict non-disclosure. Mm. So I can't, I can't really give you the details. No, no, I don't um, want the details. Just but, general but I, I can, sort of overview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, I've seen, I, I've seen some ideas that, from the from my perspective as an outsider, at first I thought, oh, this is not such a great idea. But then you see that the client is super excited because sometimes it was that specific small idea that could allow them to completely change. Um, and now I'm thinking about a specific case that is their entire customer operations, how they take care of their customers. Mm. And, and, and in other cases, um, there was a client that really was trying to disrupt itself. Okay, this is an energy company that wants to help their clients produce their own energy. And they want to move from being an energy producer to an energy manager. So, so I've seen all sorts of different ideas, some being very linked to their core processes and some other ideas way, way far ahead. And that's the beauty of the sprint. You know, I, I said that every sprint teaches me something. That's exactly what I meant. Do you, do you have an interesting story about an event, uh, about a sprint that comes to mind that yeah. you've well, actually, on? quite, Yeah, quite, quite a few actually, but <laughs> like you said, <laughs> we're running out of time. That's right. You, know, it's, you, you probably understand something that I'm really excited about is so I, I <laughs> when I talk about it, sometimes I lose track of time. Well, there was one sprint uh, that that's probably the most fascinating one. This client, is, uh, you know, we always talk about 10x, right? Mm. And, 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 and the client says, yeah, I really love this idea of 10x. And I'll tell you what, I want to apply this idea to the sprint itself. So whereas the standard sprint usually involves 24 people, the client asks to get 240 people involved. Oh, gosh. Okay. We had to coach 40 teams in parallel. That was a massive effort. And the interesting story is this. Um, in week 10, teams have to present in front of the uh, management team. Okay? And, and so there was one guy who really freaked out. He panicked, really. And he couldn't go on stage. Okay? And so he asked, can I present being seated? you know, in the middle of the audience. 
And, and <laughs> he said, well, okay, what the heck, you know, do it, you know. Um, it was a great idea. And this guy left the company to start his own startup to actually implement that idea in collaboration with the mother company. So we went from you know, this guy from totally panicking all the way to actually becoming an entrepreneur. And the company, instead of saying, no, this is our idea, the company says, yeah, you know, we'll help you do that. We think it's a great idea and you can do it faster. Let's do it outside. So I think it's a great example of, of a sprint actually working. Um, so do you have another four, four hours that we can continue to talk about sprints? <laughs> um, Augusta, if people want to get hold of you, how should they do it? Oh, I think the, best, the easiest one would be via uh, LinkedIn. Uh -huh. um, so just reach out at Augusto Fazioli and you'll find me there and I'll be super happy to connect and exchange ideas. Great. Um, any other final words in closing about the sprint? And obviously we'd love to have you on at some time in the future, but any uh, last closing comments before we say goodbye for now? I would say to even to potential clients, um, try to I mean, run the sprint. And if you don't have the budget, meaning not only money, but also time, do it in a lighter way, but begin the journey. I, I think every client should begin the journey. It's not important that you, you, know, that you go in the perfect direction at day zero. It's important that you begin the journey. And by the way, one sprint is not enough if we're talking about big enterprise. So, so my, my final would be, my final word would be begin the journey. Don't worry about, you know, the perfect direction, the perfect setup, the perfect process. Just begin the journey. Mm -hmm. You know, you, it, it, it's, it's, things happen way, way faster than you might imagine. So don't, don't, think, don't make the mistake of thinking that, oh, well, you know, we, we have time. That's the only real uh, scarcity, time. So begin the journey. That will be my closing word, really. Thank you, Augusta. I really appreciate oh, you joining you. the podcast. I've learned so much. And I just want to wish you everything of the best in 2020. It's going to be a great year for us, I'm sure. And I'd love to have you, you on the podcast at some point in the future. Um, oh, I, I hope you. Great. Thank you, Augusta. I hope you, the listener, have enjoyed it as much as I have and found this podcast valuable. Um, if you'd like to chat about any of these concepts further, then please do. You can contact me through my website at www.ideastorm.co.za or email me directly at lance at So until next week, have a fantastic week. <laughs>